in a world where achievements and accolades motivate us to do more and be more, we're often left wondering, is this really it? Deep inside, you know there is more to life. You're ready to leave behind the old push your way through and claim the deeper life that's calling you. That's where we excel. We're your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. And this is the Soulful Leader Podcast. Sit back and relax as we share the shortcuts we've uncovered to help you make shift happen. Hi, welcome to the Soulful Leader Podcast. This is Stephanie and I'm here with Marin and I'm really excited to talk about resiliency. And I know we have talked maybe a little bit about resiliency in the past, but I, I always like the word because it reminds me of re-silence and how I need to be more silent. And I just recently, <laughs> because, you know, so much comes up when, when you're silent. I mean, it's amazing. People, people say, you know, Stephanie, you talk a lot. I'm like, yeah, but I have a lot of silence too, but it's not really silence because it's internally, I'm like talking a lot inside myself to myself. Hey, self. And coming back to resilience or resilience, I think of resilience very differently. Um, growing up, I was I was pretty much told that resilience was like being the rock of Gibraltar. Like, you know, you're tough as nails. You're nothing. Nothing can crack you. Like, you are just tougher than tough. So the Webster Dictionary, the actually, this is the Oxford Dictionary, Resilience is the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties. Toughness. Hmm. The remarkable resilience of so many institutions. Kind of sounds very concrete, doesn't it? Like very, like the Rock of Gibraltar, very tough. It does. Yeah. It also sounds like, I mean, resiliency is this hot topic right now in in businesses and families and like it's like that's the ideal when i see people marketing it's like increase your resiliency and so that what well so what it, we can keep it, on handling more pandemics and uh, like what is there another way it, it really is i think that most people do think of it like that of increase my toughness so that i can handle it so that i'm ready so that and I'm going to tear apart the, the sentence that I just used of there is a difference between handling something and being ready for something. And for me, resilience is about being able to handle it. It is not where you and I are going with resilience is more of being present to the future that wants to happen so that mm -hmm. that's where now I'm ready because I am aware of the conversation. I'm in the conversation with life and it doesn't take me by surprise and throw me off track. And I'm aware of it before it's even happening. So it's that preparedness, being prepared inwardly. It isn't inward because, you know, the whole preparedness thing, you've got all the, you know, the people who are hoarding food and, and right. being prepared for life. And is that true preparedness? versus knowing the way I think of preparedness is the trust is developing the trust inside myself that everything I need will be there when I need it. That's before right. Before I need it. 
you know, both of us, both Marin and myself, both live in the north. And uh, so we are not unfamiliar with snowstorms. And so I know where I live, there's often a be prepared kind of energy of, you know, go out, get all your groceries, get your blankets, get your generator, you know, and it sounds like we're going to have an Armageddon or something like that. But honestly, like how much, yes, we need to be prepared in the outer world. Absolutely. But I love what you're saying is like the internal, like there are things that are going to happen that you cannot be outwardly prepared for. You have no idea it's coming. You have no idea it's coming. But there like are a pandemic. Things, that's right. But there's things inwardly that we can do that no matter what happens in the outer world, one can not only, because, you know, the second definition of resilience, by the way, is the ability of a substance or an object to spring back into shape, elasticity. And I'm even going to transcend that one, too, because I don't want to just bounce around and bounce back. And But yet... It's so interesting because to bounce back or have that elasticity is very different than the toughness of the first definition of resiliency. So they're two mm-hmm. totally different things. One is tough, one is pliable or or you know soft, really. And what if there was a middle way, a high, which I see as a mandorla. Mandorla is imagining taking two circles one, you know, two separate circles and then blending them together, which is actually the marriage rings. Like when you think of a figure eight, you think of the two symbol of the rings coming together. Mm. And it's that space in between. That's actually a, a, a spiritual practice that I've done is that, you know, you take, I want this and I want that, or this is happening in my outer world, but I, this is what's happening in my inner world. So it's like, you're taking two opposites, male, female, right, wrong, good, bad, whatever. And you merge them together and you leave a space where the two circles overlap. And that space is to me, resiliency. Mm. To me, it's that space where you drop in it because that's a space where spirit guides us. And that would be like the cocoon, right? Like the caterpillar and the butterfly. And that middle harmonious place is the cocoon, which is the space of which where what wants to happen. And that's where I want to be prepared is to be open because, yeah, I mean, there's things that you'll never be able to outwardly prepare for or even figure out or even know what's going to happen. So it's a very different perspective of resiliency that I have. When I heard your second definition of the bounce back, the elasticity, it's like, I don't want to bounce back. I want to bounce forward. Yeah, I love that. I don't want to go back to who I was. Whatever it is that's coming through, whatever the next challenge is, I want to incorporate it. I want to integrate it into who I'm becoming and move forward from there. And the 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 two separate definitions what what came up for me and i love that the it's almost like a venn diagram right the overlapping place yeah, where right. everything comes together and instead of filling it leaving it that's the difference for me when between you know, like a venn diagram that little space is filled with all the things that are related to everything whereas if i can leave that space open for inspiration for spirit and inspiration, right? In spirit, spirit inside of me. Mm. Um, Then 
that is the preparedness. That is the the place where from which I can integrate what's coming in, what's happened in the past, and what's the incoming from the future. Yes, because I think a lot of people look at resiliency of as a way, like we said, bouncing back, going back to the old way or returning to what was, mm. those kind of things. It's more of a reaction rather than an opportunity of a responsiveness to evolve into something you didn't even know possible. Right. So how do I get back to what we had because it was so great? Instead of maybe this is happening for a reason to take me forward into something that's even better. Yeah. Yeah. That we're being pulled. I think about that with the pandemic. And one of the things, one of, there's so many, it was hard and there was a lot of challenges that came out for people, including for me, like losing my business. And I also look at the layers and the layers and the layers that advanced because of how much we learned as a culture, as a people, and as individuals, right? To move us forward and out of our old way of doing things. And that requires space, Mm. you know, it requires space. And I'm going to, I love that. You're right. I mean, instead of judging something like, cause you know, some people thought it was amazing. It was so great. And other people found it was so hard. It was so horrible. Like there seems to be, there's your mandorla, right? Those two circles, there's two opposing views or, uh, you know, two different perspectives, but ultimately when they come together, there was a space that's made and mm-hmm. how do, so how do we make space? Well, we think of spring cleaning, and you go in and you clean out your closets, you clean out your drawers, you clean out the garbage, you clean out the things that don't call to you anymore. And there's space. Now, in that space, most of us go, oh, I love the cleanliness or the spaciousness that happens. So why we love so nature. Good. Right. That's why we love nature because there's space. And it it is filled. Like, you know, it will be filled. How many times have we like taken a bag? Let's say we're going traveling. And we go, yeah, I want to travel. And all you're allowed to take is a carry-on. That's it. And to be able to pack in that carry-on everything that you need. You know, some people are, are panicking. Other people go, oh, I like the challenge of being able to do that. You know, but if if I said, okay, that's one, that's one scenario. But a scenario two is like, okay, now you can take as many suitcases as you want. Mm. People fill that space. Mm. We do that. We often go, oh, I can take anything and it doesn't cost me anything. And yeah, sure. Okay. I'll bring that in the kitchen sink. I'll bring it all. Well, that's like the difference of like when you drive someplace versus when you fly, fly someplace. Exactly. Yes. Right? You take way more oh in Oh my your God. I, I pack my freaking car and that's I'm like, right. oh, I might need this and I might need that. No. Well, I've and got yet, the room for it. Most of the times we don't need that. And that's Not kind of that thing. preparedness of like, yes. oh, great. I can drive. I can prepare. I can take so much more than what I could take than if I was flying. But, you know, that's simply not always true. It's really, it's inside ourselves. And so how do we clear out? That's how we clear in the outer world. But how do we clear in the internal world? Mm -hmm. And so when I think of resiliency, I think it's a time to actually stop and clean out the itty-bitty shitty committee that's taken up space in there. We clean that out. We clean out the emotions. So when I t- think of different levels, physically, we can clean out. Yeah. Well, that's obvious. Mentally, there's your itty bitty shitty committee. Emotionally, because every itty bitty shitty committee is going to have an emotion attached to it. So there's fear, there's hate, 
there's sadness, there's longing, there's depression, there's, there's overwhelm. Yeah, there's overwhelm. There's all of these emotional states or reactions or feelings that are in there that are also, we, we tend to like, oh, I don't like the nasty ones. Like get rid of those ones. Let's just keep on going. But Rumi, the great mystical poet, Sufi poet said, you know, this human being is a guest host, every day a new arrival, a meanness, a sadness, a temporary, you know, emotion that comes and cleans us out, sometimes empty of all our furniture. And then as he goes on in the in the poem, is like, you know, welcome each one of them as a sacred guest, because they may be clearing you out for some new delight. And when I say resiliency, it's sometimes sitting in the uncomfortability of being in that uncomfortability and just going, you know, I I've reached my limit. I've reached my my max. Maybe I need to sit here and feel what that's like so that it's clearing me out. And that means to actually emote, energy in motion, emotion. That's the same word. Sometimes we need to have a good cry or we need to, you know, be angry and write out a letter and then burn it or something. These are all actually really great practices. Or sometimes we need to pick up the phone and talk to someone and just tell them how afraid we are. Just to have someone hold space for us to really process because when we do that, when we can really release that, to me, that's resiliency to, in, in, in a new way rather than a reaction to, but to as a responsiveness. I think that's so powerful. And I think about <clears throat> when I've had the opportunity in my life to have one of those really deep cries or to even have somebody hold space so that I can vent my anger or like I did some anger management stuff when I was little or I was younger. I shouldn't say little. when I was younger, when I was in my twenties and when the anger would come up, I would literally take a pillow and punch it, or I would go outside with a sledgehammer and literally <laughs> pound the ground. You know, I, I physically let it go. And every time those things have happened or that I've, I've chosen that path to do something actively cry or vent or pound or whatever <clears throat> in a conscious, like I'm going to do this consciously in this moment, just like I'm going to clean out my closet today. Right. Afterwards, there is this lightness. There is this space. There is this moment of like, oh, oh. And there's silence. Resilence. That's to me what resilience really is trying to call us is to have more silence inside for more space for what, what the divine, what spirit, what our soul is trying to speak to us with, to guide us and to empty us out of all the old itty bitty shitty and the stuff that has been stuffed in there from maybe your life, maybe even lives that you inherited from your genetic line. Who knows? There's a, we carry a lot. And often we carry a lot, not just for ourselves. We're carrying our loved ones. We're carrying for more than just even those that we know. Yeah. There are two things that I was thinking about as you were talking. One of them is 
at the beginning of the conversation, you said, you know, oftentimes people say, Stephanie, you talk so much. And then you said, well, I, I also have silence and inside Stephanie is still talking. Yeah, she never stops. <laughs> and it's yet she does. Hard. Here's what I know about you is that she does because you've had a practice of becoming present. And when you're present, there truly is a silence that allows for spirit to step in and talk because we are able to silence the itty-bitty-shitty committee and that internal voice and the judgments and all of that stuff. And there's some, there is a silence beyond it in which spirit speaks. You are making a very good point because I, I often will work with people who will say, I just, I want to be guided. I want to have more inner guidance. Mm. Like you're going to need silence for that. And I think in our current paradigm of world, we want to change the narrative. So if it's a disempowering narrative inside yourself of like the itty bitty shitty community is like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not loved. I'm, you know, or I'm amazing. I'm just super awesome. Like it's over the top the other way. We try to either temper it or flip it. Like, like we turn it into another narrative and that there's never any silence mm. until we can actually emote it and make space. And then, and it is a practice of absolutely practicing presence, like just literally sitting and focusing on nothing, no thing. That is a practice. It is not easy. So the second thing that I was thinking about, and this is going to relate directly to that, is everybody processes differently. And one of the ways that you process is verbally. So when it seems like you're talking a lot, it's because in order to process the world, you would do it verbally. And not everybody does. So for those of us, and I I'm not, I don't process verbally. So for those of us that don't process verbally, it often feels like, oh my God, does she ever shut up? <laughs> right. <laughs> and now that I understand and I know that that's who you are and that's how you process the world at this, there's three levels that we, we process the world at and that that interaction with the world level, that top level it allows me to be present to you differently. It allows me to let you talk and find the nuggets. And for me, I don't process verbally. Verbal is the way that I connect to spirit. So the three levels is there's a way that you interact with the world. There's a shuttle piece, meaning there's a, there's a way that you take what's going on in the world and you bring it to your deep self, and then your deep self comes back and interacts with the world. And then there's the way that you interact with your deep self, this deep layer. So like a great visualization would be like imagining somebody standing above ground, and then you have flat land that you're standing on. And then there's this underground that is underneath, like deep underneath the soil. Right. Or your soul, right? And so many and then some there's people, an elevator that goes back and forth back, that shuttles the between the two, exactly. Right. Kind of like a mind shaft, you know, a mine or a mind shaft, either way. So you can look at that. And and I, I love what you're saying. Yeah, I, I tend to have to verbalize it so I can hear it. 
And I, in my shuttle, actually, the shuttle that goes back and forth is more feeling it. So when I'm talking and I hear it, I am feeling it in my lips and I'm feeling it in my body, which helps me then drop in to that deep soil, that deep underground part of myself, which is visual. And that's where I'll get the guidance. Now, that's that's the way I'm stacked. Everyone's stacked differently. We have different different attributes. And I think it's just fabulous of what you're saying. As yours is more of the visual. So as right. we, you know, you'll see it visually. And so for you, me, the way that I'm stacked yeah. is that I process the world through feelings. So I my my top level, the, the the part of me that stands on top of the earth is very tactile. And I process the world through uh my feelings. And then the shuttle for me is visual. So I can picture something and that takes me to my deep underground, which is auditory. So I hear guidance really deeply. And oftentimes it doesn't make it back up until I can actually see it. Like, so in order to get the information from my deep self, I have to picture something. I use pictures and images, and then it brings it to a feeling level. And then the way I process the world is through through feelings, through tactile. So you've got emotional feelings, but you also have like actual touching. That's, you know, one of the things that I do in life is I dance and I move through life. And before I danced, I swam. There, There is a movement that helps me to process the world. The way that talking helps you to process the world, I have to move to process the world. So there's a it, what we're speaking of is Dr. Makova's work from the, I think it's called Open Mind, yeah. her book. And it's wonderful. And if you're interested in that, her book is fabulous, especially if not just for teachers or, you know, being a leader in that way of trying to communicate ways, but even in relationships, understanding somebody else's mode, it's so helpful. It's amazing. And it's also helpful for yourself if you are looking at deepening your, your skill development, your mastery, even with yourself or self-awareness, to be able to use those middle modes. Because if I just stay in verbal all the time, I don't go deep. Mm. I need to actually connect it with my kinesthetic mode. So I've got to dance it. I've got to, I've got to work out. I've got to do yoga. I've got to pick it up and feel it. I, there, I need to feel my emotions. That's what shuttles me into all of a sudden I'll see what needs to happen. Yeah. Like you said, so many people want to hear their guidance more and be more guided and be, and this is one of the tools that's out there for us is we, I think we all understand that everybody learns a little bit differently, right? We've talked about the visual auditory and kinesthetic ways that people learn. We just haven't talked about how they're stacked and that's, you know what? I think that it would be great for us to do a whole podcast on this. So I think that that's something that we will plan for our future. I love it. So in the voice and the body and in the seeing of resiliency, <laughs> we're going to probably do a little, a few more series on this and talk a little bit more about how it means to be re-silenced and mm -hmm. resilient and some practices to be able to use your modes. Yeah. And really deepening the conversation with resiliency being that to be truly resilient, we are in conversation with spirit, with life, with what wants to happen. Redefining it. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. We are super excited about where, the, where this is taking us, and we'll hope we hope you'll join us for our future podcasts on resiliency. You can find us on our website, thesoulfulleaderpodcast.com, and on social media, YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn under The Soulful Leaders. See y'all next week. And that wraps up another episode of the Soulful Leader Podcast with your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to dive deeper, head over to our website at thesoulfulleaderpodcast.com. Until next time.